Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me, uh, Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome, and and this is a very special podcast because uh, we're kind of rebooting the whole podcast. What would you call it? The, the podcast industry, I right. guess. I would. I was going to say the raison d'être. <laughs> Of the of the podcast, but good, sure that works too. Sure, the, sure, it works either way. We're rebooting everything, so the plan uh, from here on in is uh, more podcasts, uh, but shorter. So That's more, right. right? So we're we're going to try to to do this so you you will get a podcast every week, uh, but it will be a roughly twenty. What do we say? Twenty to thirty minute podcast or twenty yeah. minute or what are 20, we saying? The goal is twenty. Realistically, I mean, come on. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really gonna. It's gonna be very very interesting. Interesting to see just how badly we screwed up this idea. Well, we got some feedback, right? The feedback from mostly from like your boss was. <laughs> Sometimes, and this was interesting to hear. I didn't. It's sort of unexpected. The feedback was sometimes people don't like hearing us talk for ninety-four minutes <laughs> about nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was actually uh, feedback from from some of our our listeners as well, uh, who basically were saying things like, uh, "Buddy, I can't go with you. I just can't. <laughs> I, I, I'd love to, but dude, you you got to stop." So. Yep. Uh, and, and people also, I mean, to, to be fair to us, people also have said, what do you guys do that like every six months? I mean, how about like every so often, like giving us one of these things? So, right. New plan, short, which by the way, we're already screwing up. Shorter podcast, 20 to 30 minutes, closer to 20, uh, but every week. So that is, that is the new plan. All right. I'm going to start a 20 minute timer right now. Excellent. We'll see how we do. Now, is this going to ring a bell like when we hit 20 minutes? Yeah, it'll sound some kind of alarm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, an alarm is good. All right, so we, we have twenty minutes, uh, and and this podcast is going to be our faux argument. Uh, but before we get to our faux argument, we are, we have to take one minute uh, or so, uh, and I think we should do this every podcast to sort of discuss the the state of the New York Yankees. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, we have a producer now, Tess, our producer, and I would ask Tess at this point to play some sort of funny new Yankees music. Don't you think this ought to, this segment ought to have like a little musical something or other? Yeah, but it should be like Wagner or something. <laughs> it should be like a, something scary and ominous and terrifying. Yes. As everybody who, uh, who listens to this thing knows, all 12 of you, Michael and I last time buried... The New York Yankees, we, we said the Yankees are done. They're finished. Uh, we, we knew what we were doing. It was, we did that in mm-hmm. full light of day. We fully understood what we were doing. And the Yankees went on to win like 123 games in a row or something. It was absolutely horrendous. And so now what do we do? So where, where are the Yankees? Because they actually yeah. have been struggling a little bit lately. Well, okay. What is they're, the they're, they're not great. They're two games out of 500. They're six and a half games out of first. But the larger point here, really, is that they should they should be 15 or 16 games out of first place. They have the lowest OPS in the American League. The, the lowest. They are dead last. Right. They have, as a team, scored the third fewest runs in the, in the American League. They're a terrible team. Their lineup is horrendous. 
They have like a, a couple days ago. I mean, they have like Chase Headley's like hitting fifth for them. They had Starlin Castro is hitting is was hitting cleanup. Yeah, and his, their best hitter was like a seven hundred OPS. They should be by all rights buried. They should be in a they should be in fire sale mode. And there are some people who say they're looking to unload Chapman. They're looking to unload uh, Miller, whoever that that may happen. But the point is, is this is what happens every year when you bury them and you say, there's no way, this is it, they're too old, they're done. Somehow they, je- they never have the collapse year. They never have the full collapse year where they're done, like the, where they're where Minnesota is right now. It never happens. And it's so frustrating. You just, I want them to have a year where the stadium is empty on Father's Day. I want no one going to those games because it's so sad to watch them, and I just fear that's never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's, here's the frustrating part. So they are. I, I really believe they're, the, they're as bad a lineup as there is in the American League. I, I, I mean, that's, it's not only the numbers and, and all of that. You look at that lineup, one through nine, it's, it's horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous. They, they cannot hit at all. And yeah. that rotation should be terrible, but but it's not. And 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 one reason it's not is because CC Sabathia, who honestly <laughs> should have retired three years ago, right? I mean, he's he's a hundred. God bless him. He's had a great career. I love him. I actually, he's one of my. He, he is uh, despite his Yankiness, I I love the guy. But he's he was completely done, and then he said. No, I'm not done. I'm actually Sandy Koufax. And now he's like unhittable. He's unhittable. He pitched again great last night. They were on a nice losing streak that you can count on. He goes out there and throws another yeah. great game. He has a 2-2 ERA. Uh, you know, he's he's uh, got a, you know, he's striking out almost a, a batter in inning again. He's he's uh, He hasn't given up. I think he's given up two home runs all year. What is the deal? That's not real, right? Well, it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. He has 56 strikeouts in 65 innings and 27 walks. Like, he's walking way too many people. It's going to regress a little bit, but there's no... I mean, if you predicted that CC Sabathia would have a 2.20 ERA through his first 11 starts, congratulations, because I would have at least doubled that and maybe tripled it. And that was that's what's so frustrating about rooting for this team to fail every year, is that somehow... And even, like, you know, some of their guys who looked like world beaters last year, like, you know, Pineda's had these flashes of like, is he amazing or is he terrible? This year he's straight up terrible. He's just, he's really awful. And Severino who came up last year and was like, "Uh Oh, this guy, I'm going to hate this guy for years. (laughs) This guy's going to be a pain in my butt for years. He's been worse. I mean, he's been truly terrible. He's and six with a seven fifty ERA. Like he's like everything about this team and all the relievers, all of the Im- imaginary relievers that they made up who are all living under fake names given to them by witness protection, like Chasen Shreve and Johnny Barbato, those guys stink this year. They all stink. It's really weird. It's like they basically have – it's a team with like three amazing relievers and no one else and they're only two games under 500. They should be 15 or 16 games under 500 and until they – all right, we'll not rest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that's right. And I think that this is like a new chapter because what's happened the last few years is all of these guys that we've, that, that are not real, all of these, yeah, Kirby, Bob Ref Snyders and Austin Romines and fake, fake people mm-hmm. came up and they, and they hit and you, and it was frustrating, but at least you, now 
how do you have it where everybody on your team stinks and you don't stink? It doesn't. It doesn't even add up. Doesn't track. Like it's they're like it's really they have one. They have one like pitcher Tanaka that you would say like going into the year you'd be like that guy's gonna be good. He's just right. a straight up good pitcher. Everybody else, every all their other starters, you would expect to have stunk, and most of them have stunk. Yes. And a lot of their relievers that you expected to stink have stunk. Like they have no, they it's it's totally smoke and mirrors, and yet somehow it's working. And you know, it's not like they're in contention. You don't feel like long term like they're gonna make the playoffs. You don't feel like they're gonna make a run or anything. It's just annoying. <laughs> well, away. I, but here's what I would say. This week's installment of Yankee Update, no apology from us. They still stink. I, I don't I don't think we back off yet. You're doubling down. I'm I'm doubling down. I think that this this whole thing has been smoke and mirrors. They stink. They they legitimately stink and, and that team is going down from here. Do you know that Mark Teixeira's OPS is five thirty five? There are hundred and sixty seven at bats. I mean he was like their three hole hitter going into the year. He has a five thirty five OPS. Yeah. And somehow they're only two games under 500. Well, what's A-Rod hitting? Uh, I mean, I don't even know if he qualifies. He has a 669 OPS and a 264 on base percentage. He's hitting 217. He has seven. It's really, you know what it is? Honestly, it's your boy. It's Carlos Beltran. Yeah. As almost single handedly, he's, 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 what is he now? He's 61 years old, <laughs> I think. And he has 16 home runs. And has almost single handedly uh, kept them alive offensively, and it and it's insane. It drives me nuts, and I it's, hate it. It's, yeah, it's it is absolutely insane. All right, there's our Yankee update. Uh, we go to the faux argument, which is we're we're putting ourselves a little bit um, against the wall here because our faux argument is going to be where will this Golden State Warriors team fit in the history? I think everybody out there knows how much we have enjoyed this team through the year. Uh, and, and all of that, but we're doing this after game six, but before game seven of this NBA final. So we don't know if the Warriors are actually going to win this series or not. Uh, they're coming off of a pretty severe beating by Cleveland in game six. Um, but we are still going to do this because it's a faux argument. It doesn't mean anything anyway. Right. Uh, where do these Golden State Warriors, where are they going to fit in NBA history? I don't, it feels like right now, before game seven, then like all sports writers everywhere can write each article and just and then as soon as the game's over they can just print one because the narratives are set in stone right the narrative is if they lose it's it's what the patriots were when they were undefeated it's like the greatest regular season team ever but they choked when it counted and also now you have this extra little bit of narrative of they lost their cool draymond lost his cool and was suspended and that hurt the team and then Steph lost his cool and got ejected. Now there's like a, oh, they the Cavs out-physicaled them and got into their heads and blah, blah, blah. And if they win, it's, you know what? It doesn't matter. At crunch time, they won when it counted. They defended their home floor. You know, greatest regular season record in history. They won the title. They're one of the greatest teams ever. Like, you can just write both of those articles and then hit print the second the game ends. And, and, and like, you're 85% of the way there. The larger question to me is what happens if it's just a terrible game? And there have been some truly terrible games, in the, not only in the finals, but throughout the playoffs. Like, so many blowouts, so many weird non-competitive games where all the, the entire bench is emptied onto the floor and for, the, like, 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, and not just, again, not just the series, throughout the playoffs. It's been a really weird playoffs. 
what happens is if it's just like a, I mean, if they go out there and they play a Golden State game and they just blitz you with threes and they they run away with it and they've scored a hundred points by the end of the you know third quarter or something and then they just run away with it, then I think you get the true Golden State you know came through and accounted. But what if it's just a really ugly bad game with a lot of you know, just bad shooting and Harrison Barnes can't hit a shot to save his life. What happens then? Like, cause then I, then I think you get the, like, they're not one of the best teams of all time, but they, you know, the, like, we can't put them in that pantheon in that sort of haughty way that sports fans always decide things <laughs> like unilaterally, like, Oh, they're not one of the best teams ever to me. If they win the series no matter what how they win it they're one of the best te- they're one of the five best teams ever and that's the end of the story i don't know what you think well first of all i, I want to make this point because I, in case any of our any of our uh, listeners missed it uh what you said was that uh either way as a sports writer you can write what you uh want and then basically as soon as the game ends hit print you actually use the word print <laughs> yeah on a dot matrix printer you guys don't need a dot matrix printer and then put it on people's windshields i don't really know when the last time i printed anything was well, you um send, you send it to the the typography machine <laughs> <laughs> for to be printed <laughs> to be printed no it, it, but your point is uh, about that is 100% right i mean i think look this is this is this is really a double whammy as far as wh- what you can write because obviously golden state wins yes i think that's that's going to be the story everybody's going to say uh, you know what they they struggled they had injuries they fought through it and they and after the greatest regular season ever with all the pressure on them they still won the championship and i think everybody sort of puts them i don't know if they're going to put them with the bulls or whatever but they're going to put them at the very you know top of 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 great teams but then you have the other side of it as well you have the cleveland thing so so if if lebron wins it it's oh my god lebron brought a championship home to cleveland if if uh, they lose it uh, another Cleveland heartbreak and a LeBron, you know, can't, can't quite deliver. And, you know, so you have lots of different stories that probably will have absolutely nothing to do with actually what happens on Sunday yeah. uh, that, that will be written. And you can, you can guarantee that now here's, here's what I would think about. And, and, and when you think about the great, you know, how great this Warriors team is. And, and I'm curious, we, you and I have actually sort of throughout the playoffs been exchanging texts about this. I think it's been pretty shocking how bad the Warriors have been at times in this playoffs. That that has been to me the most surprising part of the playoffs. I mean, when you watch how good the Warriors were during the regular season, it's not like they didn't have every now and again a down game, but even in their down games, you just you, you could see they were tired or whatever. This team at various times during the Portland series, certainly during the Oklahoma City series, and now during the Cleveland series has looked miserable. I mean, it has looked really, really flawed. You have lots and lots of turnovers, can't get an offensive rebound or a defensive rebound, uh, looks out of control, sort of falls back to just ends up shooting threes. And then they play a great game, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's right, I remember. I remember why they're so great. And then they play another game that you're like, oh, we're, we're... – and for a long time, I think we all thought it was – Steph's injured. It really comes down to the idea, and I'm and there's no question that's still a role. I, I'm convinced he's not healthy. He's not yeah. playing the way he was in the middle of the year for sure. And they've had other injuries, and Iguodala, you know, is back yesterday. That was that was a factor in the game. Draymond has kind of been all over the place this whole playoffs. I can't figure that part out. I the, the Patriots. What what to me happened to the Patriots was they ran into a team 
that was sort of built in a, in a good way to, 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 to really defend them because they, they put so much pressure on the quarterback. Um, and then a lot of fluky things happened in that game that led the Giants to win. This thing has been, there are times you just go, the Warriors are not the best team on the floor. And that part has been very, very strange for me. Yeah, it is true. It's like, I mean, uh, the other thing that's happened is LeBron James has reminded everybody that he's the greatest basketball player of all time. <laughs> like, and he he's just looked so unstoppable. He's found whatever that old magic was where he was truly in his prime. He's just, he, you can't do anything to stop him. I, and, you know, it reminded me this thing that we very quickly forgot, which was last year he beat the Warriors twice by himself, by himself, literally by himself. Every play they ran was he took the ball up the court, he drained 18 seconds off the shot clock, and then he took someone on like one-on-one or one-on-two. And doing that, running that offense, the LeBron James and everybody else is standing to the side watching offense, he beat them twice by himself. There was no Kyrie, there was no Kevin Love. Everybody was hurt, everybody was terrible, and... And when he plays that way, but also Kyrie is dropping 40 and and suddenly Tristan Thompson is like amazing and seems to be somehow amazingly worth the money that they paid him. Like this suddenly becomes a very good team. You're like, you're right. Like they are not they have not been the best team on the floor in the games that they've lost. They it wasn't like it wasn't fluky. It wasn't fouls or bad calls. It wasn't like. You know, and, you know, everybody's making a lot of noise about how poorly they've been shooting. They've, they're playing good defense. Cleveland's playing very good defense, at least to my somewhat untrained eye. So, yeah, the Giants uh, against the Patriots was an incredible defensive front four, which allowed them to drop seven guys into coverage and disrupt the passing game. And they just had a really good strategy. This is just the, this is the, the Cavaliers are, are better. They've been, they've played better in the games that they've won straight up. And there's no, there's no other, like, you can't blame it on anything else. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, they, Bogut being hurt, I think really hurt them because when Draymond was out and then also Bogut was out, suddenly the tallest guy on the floor for Golden State is like 5'11". Right. So they can't, they're just getting killed. But I, it, it's really like, I, I genuinely don't know what's going to happen. Like you, it's easy to say, well, Golden State's going home. They rarely lose at home. You know they'll step up and win. I don't, I think any outcome, a blowout in either direction or a close game in either direction, seems completely possible to me. Well, we haven't had a close game. We've really yeah. not had a close game. Not only this series, but as you mentioned, really last series we didn't have a close game. There were times Oklahoma City looked like the best team on the floor against this team. Yeah. I can't figure out if. Well, first of all, let me say this about LeBron as a as a you know somebody who has obviously watched LeBron very very closely ever since the beginning. Uh, you know, since he came into the league uh, as a Cleveland guy and all of that. He, he was never better than he was in game six. That, that is as well as, yeah. first of all, it's as well as any human being can play basketball. Yes, I mean, that's just, correct. That's, that's what I thought when I was watching it. I said, I was like, this is as, as good a game as anyone can have. Right. It really like, there were two plays in particular, just to, I don't mean to interrupt, but no. Dray, he, he, Draymond got the ball under the floor on the right side of the hoop and head faked him. He didn't budge. He literally just stood there watching him. And then Draymond went up and LeBron just blocked his layup. Yeah. And then the play later when Curry drove left and did a head fake and, and a ball fake and then went up and LeBron, again, didn't flinch. Like he was like he knew what was going to happen. Like he could see the future. 
and then rejected the ball into the floor so hard it bounced higher than the hoop. And it, it was just like, how do, you, how do you not fall for either of those fakes and cleanly block those shots? But from those two guys, yeah. you know, like Draymond is a monster and Curry is the best shooter in the league. And he just didn't, it was like he was, it was like a, he was playing against toddlers. It was, right. it was insane. I've never seen someone dominate a game as thoroughly as he dominated that game. It was ridiculous. On both ends of the floor. And, you know, oh. the Curry play really struck me because he blocked that shot with such disdain. Like, how dare you even try to fake me out? Like, yeah. what, what is wrong with you? I mean, it was it was stunning. And, look, I mean, a lot of it is the game was in Cleveland. The energy level was insane. The Warriors were trying to come back because they got off to that horrendous start and, and all of those things. But fully expected, I think everybody fully expected that Warriors team to make a real push to win that game. I mean, even though when they were down 20, you're like, they're going to come back, which they sort of did. Yeah. But every time they got close, I mean, LeBron scored 18 straight points. I mean, it was just, he literally just went, no, you, I am all by myself because Kyrie kind of disappeared. Yeah. And, and Tristan Thompson is a, is a fantastic, you know, player at what he does, but he was six for six. I think all six were alley-oop dunks from LeBron, basically. <laughs> right? So, yeah. so he, he just said, I am going to now, you guys just, just stand there and I will, don't worry. I got it. I got the game all by myself. And I've honestly, as as a huge huge admirer of Jordan, as a huge huge admirer of Magic, uh, Chamberlain, Russell, all those guys—they're the best of their time, and, and it's not fair to compare anybody uh, to their time. I've never seen anybody control a basketball game, or maybe any sport, the way he controlled that game all by himself. Yeah, and yeah. You know, the worst thing you can do, the worst sin you can commit, at least on the internet is to say that anyone is as good as Michael Jordan like it's like if you it's like it, it it's uh, almost against the law to do that I don't care like I don't like LeBron is absolutely to my mind in Jordan's class he just is and I it, like he in fact there are things oh look that's the timer so we should wrap it up but it's I an think alarm. <laughs> I think that like I I think that he is is a more complete player in many ways than Jordan was. He he's as good. He's bigger and stronger than Jordan was. He he passes incredibly well. He rebounds incredibly well. He takes over games like Jordan used to. Like I, it doesn't matter. I don't care what people say or what whether they even win this series. That doesn't matter to me either. You can't look at that performance and not say like, yeah, LeBron in, is in Jordan's class. He absolutely is. I think he's in, uh, he's in Jordan's class. I mean, you know, whether he's better than Jordan, as good as Jordan is not really relevant because you'll never get an answer to that. And whoever you, you like more, you'll pick, you know, right. but I'll say this. I mean, and, and again, and this is, this is, you know, somebody who, I mean, I grew up with Michael Jordan in a lot of ways and all, going all the way back to when I was in high school and he was at North Carolina and I was, you know, in Charlotte at the time. I, I've watched him from the start and he's, he is, the most magnificent player of my life in in his own way, he couldn't have taken over a game like that yesterday. Not like that. He yeah. couldn't have taken over offensively, defensively, passing the ball, rebounding the ball. Not like that. I don't – I mean, maybe Magic or Bird could have because they're bigger. Maybe Russell could have because he was such a defensive stopper. Chamberlain because he, he was unstoppable. They all did it their own way. But the way LeBron James did it yesterday – 
uh, in Game Six. I, I, just, I don't think anybody else could have done that. I, I really, I, it annoys me. I know that he's a controversial guy and the decision and all that sort of stuff. But I, I just like we should just enjoy it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like he's that's gonna. Right. He's thirty-one or whatever, thirty-two soon, and like he's he's not gonna be able to do this for long. And we should just all. Like just in like be psyched that we get to watch him play because there's it's hard to imagine that another like locomotive right. with his with his skill set. I mean, also yesterday he was back to the old LeBron, which is he was casually like shooting threes off the dribble and just right. him, which he hasn't done all year. And when he does all of those things, when you get to watch one person do everything that you can do on a basketball court as well as it can be done. You'll just never see that again. You'll never see a guy drill threes like that, rebound, block, steal, lay up, throw perfect alley-oops, be on the other end of re- – like receive alley-oops and slam them as hard as he does. It's just – it's so wonderful. I – you know, there's a large – I love Golden State. I really do. It's been so fun to watch them all year. There is a big part of me that just wants Le- wants LeBron to finish this off, wants that team to finish this off, have a parade in Cleveland and put all of those sort of annoying arguments to rest once and for all. Well, of course, that's what I want. But assuming we go to a Game 7, and it could go either way, obviously. And as you said, it could go either way big. I mean, yeah. Golden State could win by 20 and or more, and Cleveland could win by 20 or more. I mean, you don't know. But if Golden State wins, if they win that game, especially if they win, like you say, playing kind of Golden State basketball where – they're they're unstoppable again on offense and they're switching wild defense sort of keeps the Cavaliers at bay and they win big and win in a Golden State way. I think I think the whole struggle of the playoffs sort it doesn't get forgotten exactly, but I think it sort of gets lost and I think you go, hey, that's as good a team as there's ever been in the NBA. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think, you know, you could you'll be able to argue the ninety six Bulls if you want to. You'll be able to argue other teams. Like there will be an argument. But but it'll be a struggle to make that argument because the team that won more regular season games than any other team, a record, by the way, which I really don't think will ever be broken. I Probably really I, I can't imagine somebody goes some team goes 74 and eight ever. <laughs> so it'll probably never be broken. And and also then won a title. It's just hard. It's very hard to say that that's not the best team ever. Right. And then if they lose, I think that your point about the Patriots, the 2001 Mariners, uh, all of these teams, it, that's probably where they end up. I mean, it probably yeah. end up being this sort of sadly disappointing year, which is amazing when you think about all of the joy and, and, and wonder that they brought to basketball this year. But that's, that's how we are, right? We're, we're championship <laughs> driven. And if they lose game seven, they go from, Hey, they're, they're, they're an argument for the greatest team ever to, yeah, they're not even in that discussion anymore. Yeah, that's, that is really crazy. It comes down to one game. If they win it, it's a, it's hard to argue they aren't the greatest team ever. And if they lose it, no one even brings it up. It's really like, it just doesn't, they're not, they're like an afterthought in the same way that the, that the, the Mariners are an afterthought. Like, yeah, they won 114 or whatever it was in the regular season. Doesn't matter. Who cares? No one, no one thinks for one second that's the greatest team of all time. No, that's incredible. Look at us. We wrap this thing up. We're going to wrap it up in less than 30 minutes. Love it. Oh, it's so good. All right. So thank you, and uh, we'll see you next week. Sounds good.